Shalom, shalom, everybody. It's your host, Joshua, on the Christian Explanation Podcast. Thank you for joining in and listening to us today. Today, we're going to go over our first topic on our very first episode. So thank you, thank you for tuning in and listening to the end. So our first topic is going to be unity over division in this modern world. And in this topic, we're going to talk about three main points, unity, God, and how to practice unity. Um, Stay tuned, listen to the end so you can hear about our second series. Uh, So let's dive right into it. Boom. So our first topic is going to be on unity. So let's go over what unity actually is. So just getting a general definition of what unity is from this world. Unity is... According to dictionary.com, oneness of mind, feelings, thoughts, etc., etc., as among a number of persons, concord, harmony, or agreement. That's just what unity is claimed to be in this world. Um, I also wrote some notes so we could talk about a little bit more about unity. Um, so, one of the things I wrote in my notes is unity on the world's greatest accomplishments that I can think of. So, one of the, so if you just Google greatest unity accomplishments by mankind on Google, one of the things you come up with this list of top 10 things. I just picked one out of the top 10 things that I thought was actually relevant. And this one was actually, I guess, kind of relevant. It says, we created the Millennium Development Goals. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that is. So, the Millennium Development Goals is in 2000, world leaders pledged to eradicate global poverty, hunger, and disease, all by 2030. It's 2021, and there's still a lot of starving people out there and hungry people out there. Just because of COVID, I think more people start to starve and die than they need to in these third world countries. So, in 2030, they got to end to eradicate global poverty. To be honest... I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think they're going to make it. We'll see, though. Um, to that end, they developed eight Millennium Development Goals to meet by 2015, and we've seen tremendous progress. For example, the world has already turned a number of people living in extreme poverty. Wow, actually, I don't even know what those eight goals are. I really want to look up those eight goals right now. We should just look up the eight goals right now. Eight Millennium Development Goals. Let's just look them up real quick to see what it is. Guys, we're just talking about this just so I can, like, give you a perspective on what the world view is of unity. And then right after this, we're going to hop into what God view of unity is. All right. So the eight Millennium Development Goals. One is to eradicate extreme poverty and hunger. Been over that. Achieve universal primal education. Oh, sorry. Primary education. Promote gender equality and empowerment in women. We did that. That's not bad. We did that. Reduce children mortality. Ooh, I guess children, a lot of people die. Um, Improve maternal health. That's good. We did that. Combat HIV and AIDS, malaria, and other disease. We also did that. And ensure environmental sustainability. And we've been doing that, too. Yeah, I saw eight. Oh, that's good. Oh, we've been doing a pretty good job at this. Not going front. 
they're gonna have a little bit of a hard time with the poverty and hunger part but i think we're gonna make it so the world's doing a pretty good job when it comes to uh being unified i like that but um guys in all honesty we know in the end that uh they're not gonna make it that sounds kind of dark but i just know that they're not gonna make it because that's not what our bible says happens when the world unifies and it's a little bit of a, uh, a downer. And I wish the world the best for the world. I pray for the world every day. If you're not, you should be praying for the world. You should not be praying for the end. Because we want to save as many souls as possible. Alright. So let's get into that second topic. Of why is unity important to God? So let's talk about what God says unity is. This... It's something that I'm going to explain always in all my podcasts. Every topic, unless it's specifically about the end times, it's going to be about love. And God is the God of love if you serve Jesus Christ. And he always wants to put love forward and first. And everything he do is out of the love that he has for us. So in the Bible verse, it says, In addition to all these things, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. And that is said in um I swear I wrote down what oh this is embarrassing. I swear I wrote down what what book and chapter that he said that in. Alright guys, I'm gonna pull that up for you real quick. And so you can go and look it. Because I hate when pastors or people preach and they always say a Bible verse and you're like, oh, that's a cool Bible verse. I want to go like read that chapter and stuff like that. All right. So that's Colossians 3.14. For anyone that wants to go and read it, read up on that chapter and check to see if and verify what I'm saying. Because, you know, now every day now with the Internet, everybody's a pastor and everyone's like, I don't got to go to church. I don't need to listen, learn anybody. I can just Google Bible verses and da, 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 da. Nah. We need to, like, research this stuff and uh, stay unified and work in a church and go to church. Right now, I'm actually a hypocrite because I need to find a church that I need to go to. And uh, I have one in mind that I'm going to go and try. But I've always been afraid of, like, church hopping and stuff. So that's kind of why I haven't. But I do watch church every week online. And I'm with my girl. And we watch church all the time together. So I guess... At least two or more are praying together. That makes a church, right? And remember, the crisis. We are the body of Christ, so church is really in us, and we're the temple. But back on unity. So how does God see unity? Well, God sees unity, I feel like, in three different ways. I'm not a pastor or anything, but I am somebody that reads their Bible and loves God and wants to help share the gospel of Christ. So in this podcast, we're going to say God shows unity in three ways love diversity and power so let's talk about love so in addition to that bible verse that i just gave you here's another one where god talks about love this one i'm not going to look for the bible verse for it but it isn't there so he says therefore i the prisoner of the lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of calling with which you have been called with all unity oops, sorry with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing 
with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So God also sees unity as the bond of peace. This sounds like Paul talking, not going to lie. I feel like if we look this up, it's going to be Paul talking. I almost guarantee you this is Paul talking. Yep, Ephesians 4.13. All right, I said I wasn't going to look it up, but I can't help it. I really like to know where these Bible verses be coming from sometimes. So Paul talks about humility and gentleness as a part of God's love and our unity. Patience. Bearing with one another in all love. Again, there's that key word, love. A lot of the topics we'll talk about, guys, is going to be about love. All right, let's move on. Um, Ephesians 4.1. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no division among you, that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. So that's the diversity part um, about God. And here's another one to even uh, further that diversity part. Unity does not mean that everyone has to be the same, but that we honor the differences and work together despite our differences, right? So 1 Corinthians 12, 23, in those parts of the body, which we consider less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and less presentable parts become more presentable. So every part of our body, which is the body of Christ, there's some things that we don't like about certain people, but we all are necessary to be the body of Christ and we all have our uses. And we need to stay unified, even if we don't see the use that someone else brings to the table. So it's very important to be unified in God's eyes, to show love and that gentleness and also recognize people's differences and honor those differences. All right. Um, Let's talk about the power of God in unity and for this i want to give an example about uh in the bible that shows the power of unity and the example i'm going to give is the unity of the of the disciples of christ so they were amazed and they were astonished saying why are not all these who are speaking galatians okay see reading bible verses just got my tongue so twisted basically what they're saying is hey aren't all these people that are speaking Galatians like how can they speak all of these different languages and we understand them if you know anything about the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit came to the disciples when they were all unified together after the death of Jesus Christ and they started manifesting spiritual abilities which was the power of Christ because they were unified and then it goes on to talk about Acts 4 32 all the believers were in one heart and mind no one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. Um, when you're in unity, things change and the power of God shows up. Just that point of blank. Uh, things you won't can't believe in ch- uh, will change your life, will change your family, will change your workplace, will, will change you just by staying unified. Um, so let's go on to that last portion of this topic. Uh, unity and let's talk about how we as modern believers can practice unity in our life and examples in the bible that show us how to practice unity um so this is a weird example but 
most people won't see it as a good one, but I actually see this as a great one. Um, and this is the example of the Tower of Babel. Um, the Tower of Babel in the Bible is a great example of unity. Although was, uh, most people remember it as a punishment to those because they try to reach the sky, but look at the great example that humans did by coming together and we're still doing in today's modern age you know even the lord recognizes it when he says behold they are one people and they all have the same language and this is what they have started to do and nothing which they plan to do will be impossible for them if we come together in unity nothing that you plan to do with your husband or your wife nothing that you plan to do with your best friends nothing that you plan to do at your with your team your co-workers will stop you guys nothing will be impossible for you guys you guys will meet those sell quotas you guys will meet those goals you guys will um be able to raise great children you guys will be able to get your kids into scholarships you guys will nothing you, your team will do you guys will be able to win the championships if you come together in unity and maybe speak the same language <laughs> no, i'm just joking about that part <laughs> but um if we say to ourselves there's nothing that we can't do when we come together then in unity with God's love then we will be successful in life um, another example of how to practice unity is like in 1 Corinthians 12 25 um, so that there may be no division in the body and but that the parts may have the same care for one another and if one part of the body suffers all parts suffer with it if a part is honored, then all parts rejoice with it. This is more talking about the um, saints in the world that are being persecuted, but it still holds weight to us to practice that um, when we go through things in life, we can't just give up on people. That's why a lot of relationships don't work because people don't try to stay in unity. They don't try to stay with each other during the hard times. Um, that's why a lot of jobs have high turn- turnover because people are suffering and have a hard time they want to kick you out your job you know they don't want to suffer when you suffer and they want someone who got their stuff all together it's not the worst thing but still or like your friends you can't always give up on your friends although the bible does say sometimes it comes at a time about to separate but when it comes to other christians you have to honor each other and work hard with each other um and these are like what I'm about to go over are like three main examples on how to practice unity. So uh, one is us as believers, we must practice forsaking selfish ambitions and vain conceit. So, and here's an example. I love giving you know, Bible verse examples to support what I'm saying. Um, so you understand as the listeners, like what's really going on. Uh, Philippians 2. Paul gives us a very difficult challenge. He tells us to do nothing out of selfish ambitions and vain conceit, which is what a lot of people tend to do, you know. They're selfish about things they work hard for or create. They're selfish and um, with things in life. I'm not really a selfish person, so I can't really relate. I'm trying to understand how other people are selfish. But... Uh, Shoot, put in the comments on how you ever been selfish before. If you ever been selfish, because I need some examples. I can't think of no examples how to be selfish. 
Um, don't be selfish to your family. Don't be selfish to your friends, people that's trying to help you. Um, but yeah, Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Uh, sometimes people are coming to you for help, and out of your selfishness, you decide not to help them because you say you, you don't got it, or you can't do it, or this is mine, or I'm going to do it this way, and, you know, I can't help you. Um, uh, don't be selfish, or you're going to say, you know, I got this great idea, and uh, I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to try to involve anyone. I'm just going to try to do it to myself. That's not going to work. We're not putting this world by ourselves, so we can't do it by ourselves. Two, believers must practice the humility of a servant. Um, if we're going to be unified, we can't be selfish. We have to be unified. If we're going to be unified, we have to practice humility. Of a servant. Jesus was the greatest servant. Yeah, I know he being washing feet. Jesus loved washing feet. Jesus loved, he was a carpenter. He loved helping people. I like how, if you guys ever seen the show, The, the Chosen, how Jesus, they put, they, you know, I don't even think this is in the Bible, but they make believe a, a scene where Jesus is in the woods and he's making toys. And he's teaching the children. I feel like he's kind of be a servant to them because he's, uh, he's acting like, uh, a parent to these wandering kids and he's making toys and stuff for them serving them teaching them things to be a servant I could probably be a better servant I mean that's part of the reason why I started this podcast so I actually could start serving Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel I pray you guys spread the gospel as well um, an example in the Bible for you to take home with you or write down. Paul said, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. The word humility is a very important word because it also can be translated as lowliness of mind. Can't be prideful if you're humble. In the Greek, um, the word was used exclusively and a deserved way most commonly to a slave wow it's hard to be a slave but remember these aren't the typical type of slaves it's a totally different type of slave they're slaves that live in the house and aren't whipped and chained like you guys might be thinking of remember if you're going to be united, you got to have humility. And you got to be willing to serve one another. That's servant is one of the four, four, uh, four faces of God, if you never heard. The ox, the servant. So lastly, believers must look out for the interests of others in order to have unity. Do you look out for the interests of others? Or do you always look out for your own selfish ambitions? A lot of people need your help. Are you willing to help them? Are you learning anything from all those superhero movies you be watching? 
Are you learning anything from the people that you look up to in life? Or are you always looking out for you? I know nine times out of ten, most of the time, we're the only ones that can help ourselves. But are we trying to change that about the world? Or are we just enduring it? Going with the status quo. Look out for the interests of others. Sometimes people come and try to help you, not because you need to help, not because you want to be helped, but because they need to help someone other than themselves. Sometimes people come to you to learn something. So I'm always trying to charge somebody a buck. I'm always trying to charge somebody a dollar. You gotta be generous in life and look out for the interests of others. Others that you know need your help that's not just trying to use you. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Each of you should look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. This podcast has been going on for too long. It's joking. But yeah. Look out for the interests of others. Don't just look out for your own interests. Let's try to stay unified. So, at the end of this podcast, if you could take anything away from it, um, I would say take away the first verse. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love one another. And you will stay unified. You will be bonded until the day you die. If you love someone, if you love your wife, you love your neighbor, if you love your coworker, if you love your best friend, if you love your enemy, it will give you a perfect bond of unity that will give you the power of Christ that you will be able to take in your modern everyday life. You gotta remember, we're all unified on this world. But I think we ended slavery because if Joe could be enslaved, that means I could be enslaved or my grandchildren could be enslaved. We may be rich today, but our family could be poor tomorrow. If Rosie can go hungry, that means I can go hungry. I may not be hungry today, but I could be hungry next year. We gotta stay unified. I may have a thriving business today, but I may not have a thriving business tomorrow. That's why the Chamber of Commerce, things like that. That's why people build alliances. My country may be great today, but it might not be great tomorrow. Or next year. So all in all, um, that was my message for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Next week... Uh, The topic is going to be on, uh, you guessed it, division. So what happens when we divide and how does it harm us? So again, my name is Joshua. This is my first podcast. Thank you for listening to everybody. God bless and shalom. Please donate if you can. Comment on Anchor if you can. Again, still new. Literally just made this after my intro. Um, I'll also be working on putting this on YouTube so you also can comment up there. 
sorry this episode ran a little bit longer than 15 minutes but i hope you enjoyed it um thank you for your time have a great day Thank you.